Welcome back to the 67th instalment of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 22nd of August after game week two, we are well and truly back on track with the FPL season. First of all, welcoming back our editor, it's the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you too. Thank you very much. And we've got another fantastic guest on the show today. He's been with us a couple of times previously, but now living the FPL dream, as you'll find out in a moment, it is General. Welcome back. Hi, how you doing, lads? Good to, good to be back on Surgery Podcast again. Hope you're all well. Nice to have you, mate. Yeah, great to have you back on again, General. We always um, always get really good feedback when you join us on the pod. So we were talking prior to recording this, and I believe your life has become even more FPL than it even was before. Do you want to tell the listeners a bit about what you've been getting involved with recently? Yeah, so fantasy football has officially taken over my life yeah, this season. So fantasy has very much become reality this season. Quit the day job and, and, and started working from home full time on, on all things fantasy football. So... Living the dream, as some would say. I'm involved with uh, Sportito. It's a daily fantasy football website I'm looking to grow in the UK. So you can find them on, on Twitter at Sportito DFS. I'm helping out the lads at Fantasy Football Magazine as well, as, as most of the listeners will probably have heard about. A really, really good project. and It's an honour to be, to be a part of that. And just we're committed to delivering the best FPL content there is out there to our subscribers every month. So, yeah, loving the dream. The, uh, the magazine, because we started to hear about it sort of last season, has it, has it been a growing sort of, I suppose, project over the summer months and coming into now? Yeah, it's been, uh, the thing about the magazine is uh, the, people, the folk on Twitter don't see the work that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, the effort and the, the manners that the guys have put in is just, uh, I can't even begin to describe it. Mm. Um, they're putting in 18-hour days on the magazine, just out of sheer love of the game. And it's good, it's good to see so many folk getting behind it and supporting such a, such a great project. Um, some very exciting news coming up soon as well, especially to do with Edition 4. I have to keep it under wraps, but okay. some very exciting content um, coming in Edition 4. Is there a uh, is there a, a, a Twitter handle that people can... Because we talked about the uh, magazine at the end of last season, but is there a Twitter handle or a best place people can stay up to date with news on the mag? Yeah, uh, is probably the best place. It's at Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Mag. You can check out the website as well at fantasyfootballmag.com. Okay, sounds good. So exciting, some good news to come with that, but actually some really good quality content there. If your life is all about FPL and you want to read even more about it, check out the uh, the Twitter handle and uh, and subscribe to the magazine because it's, uh, it's a really good piece of work. Speaking of which, chaps, we need to talk about the upcoming game week and also dwell on the past one. So Iceman, how did you get on last week? Uh, 51, just above average, really. Average was 44, so yeah. Not too bad, considering a lot of people had terrible game weeks who had a good first game week. So I'm up at um, about 450k with uh, Hagazi getting me an 8, Jones at the back with mm-hmm. a 6, Captain Lukaku and had Mane, really. Yeah, not anything to shout about, but not bad. Yeah, I mean, you did much better than me this week by about 17 points. I got a pitiful uh, 34, one of my worst ever game week scores, I think. Uh, the terrible captaincy of Firmino. I had uh, Mane and Hagazi get me uh, eight each, but everyone else was no higher than three. So um, with Foster sat on the bench, so terrible game week for me. Um, General, how did you get on? Yeah, after a 
I had a really good game week one with I think it was eighty four points, but game week two uh, brought me back down to earth. Forty one points. Uh, ben Foster, Lukaku, Captain, and the legend that is Aaron Moy were the only people who didn't blank in my team. So yeah, I think I'm on one hundred and twenty five points altogether. I don't even bother looking at my rack in these early weeks, but. Can I ask on that one with Moy? What was your reasoning for bringing him in, or was it just due to like the scout cast because John T called him? Yeah, so the issue the, the issue was with Zaha with Zaha's injury. I didn't want to make a transfer going into game week two, but Zaha's injury kind of forced yeah, me into same. it. Yeah, same. I mean, I know a lot of people were were looking at Ramsey on on the FPL committee. I was looking at Ramsey as well, but the more I looked at the likes of Moy and, and saving a few bob um, for future transfers, it just Moy impressed me in game week one. It was match of the day. I watched. Lots of crosses, set pieces, corners. Um, I just thought he was worth the punt because he had good fixtures. And I mean, he gave me an extra one point five million to play with for future transfers. So uh, I celebrated his goal probably more than I should have. But it was <laughs> really? just when I, when I moved the back on the off for you, it, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, I did go with Ramsey, and I, I kind of felt confident with him eventually after deliberating it for a few days. And yeah, he does get forward, Ramsey, and I, there's a lot of hope for him, but. Yeah, just didn't cut it for a game against Stoke, but neither did any of the Arsenal players. Yeah, those. I mean, that just that's the fine margins in FPL. I mean, it could it could easily have went the other way. Moy could have banged and Ramsey could have got a goal. You know, those are the breaks. You know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, better week for me though, there, General. So let's look at how our top ten are looking in the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League. Things taking a little bit more shape this week. So in tenth place, we've got Sellers United on sixty-two points. Uh, then Draper's fantasy team, which is just Dean Draper's fantasy football team, by the sounds of it. <laughs> on there, he got sixty-six this week. Uh, lads on Torre, love it. That's Aaron Hyman, or yeah, Aaron Hyman. Plop can carrier still in the uh, in the top ten after last week. Jekyll and Hyde have moved into the top ten. Uh, in fifth place, we've got Rukaku FC still up there. Bitter better uh, are in fourth place. Agent Pogba's eleven. And third, boom, Xhaka, Laka, Laka. I remember Mick Wittering from last season up into second. And the Shermanator, the T800, are still top. Good game week score of 71 and a total of 173 points. He, he actually captained Pogba this week. That's, that's big balls. And he had uh, Chicharito as well. So, yeah, he's up to 764 overall. Very, very strong indeed. So, chaps, we need to get into the uh, the fixtures for this game week. We have no Friday kickoff, so we've got six Saturday fixtures, one early, one late, involving both Manchester sides. Uh, and then on the Sunday, we've got a huge Sunday of football, four fixtures there. Uh, Bournemouth versus City to start us off. Iceman, who do you like in this one? Well, <clears throat> we all watched the game on Monday with City and we're all very disappointed in nearly all of our City players, but I don't think it was helped by the sending off by Walker. That kind of changed the game completely for me. Um, a lot of people are deliberating. We've got a question from Baraf Shankar. He's asking KDB versus Ericsson. Uh, we've got one from FPL Senior. He's saying KDB or David Silva. So people are still interested in Man City players, but a lot of people are flying against it. And I know a lot of people are removing KDB. Um, I know you've got KDB General. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the City game. It was it was a pretty painful watch as a as a KDB owner. As you say, the sending off really didn't help things. He, he was he dropped very deep as well, especially when Bernardo Silva came on. But but even before the sending off, he he, he was playing quite deep. He wasn't getting involved um, in the attack a lot. 
Um, he was taking a few corners. Um, he had a few free kicks, but he didn't do much with them, really. Um, Ten million for for a player like De Bruyne. You really want him to be producing more than he has so far. But I'm I'm probably going to hold him for one more week for Bournemouth, just because it's Bournemouth, and hopefully, hopefully, he can repay the faith when, when others are probably going to sell him. Yeah, I've also got him, and I I think that he is one of these players which that he can score high at any given game week. It doesn't matter who he plays. And obviously, he's not scored in the last two games. I think you've got to take the last game as a half a game because um, of the Walker sending off. But he got dropped uh, a lot deeper. And he is playing Bournemouth next. So, you know, Bournemouth are not doing very well. They don't look very structured. They look a terrible team at the moment. I think that now's City's chance to show what they're made of. A lot of people are writing them off in the, in the sense of uh, Jesus, Aguero and De Bruyne and they're wanting to get rid of them out of their team. But no, I'm, I'm definitely holding. Uh, some people are going for the likes of David Silva. The FPL way asking, is David Silva a viable option at eight million? I think that him and De Bruyne do have quite similar stats at the moment, if you look at the last two games. And I would say that, yeah, he is a viable option at 8 mil if you can't quite afford Kevin. Or I wouldn't necessarily remove De Bruyne for Silva because I feel like that's just kind of a like-for-like swap. But if you're looking to spend 8 mil and you're looking for a City midfielder, then, yeah, I would say he probably is. Yeah, I've got um, I've still got KDB as well. This week is how badly I've started. I'm actually toying with the wild card idea, but I almost don't want to jump on it just yet. Um, he's not in too bad form, KDB. Iceman, I think you shared some data with me earlier. In terms of successfully completed passes so far this season, he's actually ahead of Mkhitaryan and Pogba, um, and he's 100% shot accuracy so far. So I do think one of those are going to come in eventually. They just need 11 men on the pitch. So I'm not going to run away from KDB just yet. General, have you got any other thoughts on City versus Bournemouth? Just going back to David Silva, I mean, he often gets forgotten about in FPL because he's been he's been pretty quiet over the past couple of seasons. Um, but I mean, if you're someone who who was playing FPL for the first time this season and and you know didn't know anything about histories or previous Premier League seasons, and you just watched the first two City games, you, you would definitely go for Silva over De Bruyne because uh, it's been quite. Silva's been spending a lot of time getting into the box whereas maybe last season he was it's almost as if they've kind of switched roles um, from what I can see I've been surprised how attacking Silva's been usually last season he kind of sat deep and kind of spread the ball around but he's getting a lot of, an awful lot of touches in the box so I do think he's a viable option as you say I wouldn't be doing a sideways move from KDB to Silva but I do think Silva is worth consideration when, when looking at City but yeah it comes down to pay. I compared the stats on that with the penalty area touches for KDB is only two. So he's obviously not getting this forward. It looks like he's shooting from range with the seven goal attempts he's had so far this season. Uh, Silver has actually got 10 penalty area touches. So yeah, it just shows he is getting right up there and right in the, in the mix of it. Yeah, going, uh, Bournemouth, I started the season with Charlie Daniels. So first two games were very disappointing. No clean sheets from him. So got two tough fixtures now. So he... He's, on my, he's going to be on my bench for the next two weeks if I don't if I don't ship him out. Um, Bournemouth has been made a very disappointing start to the season. I kind of had high hopes for them this season. Made some good signings. They really need to get the full uh, fit and sharp. I know he's, I think he's starting in the cup tonight, so we're probably going to see him starting at the weekend, and he should make a difference. Uh, I, w- I won't be touching him until I see a bit of form from him. But yeah, you can only really see City. I actually fear for Bournemouth in this one. City could run up a big score. Yeah, I, I agree. Just, also, um, 
Bournemouth Bour- 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 are the highest for shots conceded so far this season with 13. So again, yeah, I, I think that City are going to run right on this one. Just as we're speaking now, Bournemouth have yeah he has started in the cup tonight. You're quite right, General Defoe up front. They're winning two one. He hasn't really contributed just yet. So looking for uh, looking for him to do something before I commit to him. But I think you're right. I think once they need to get that King Defoe partnership going, and if that if that starts to work, actually I'd be looking at Bournemouth a little bit more. But until I see evidence of that, I'm probably not going near them at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Anything else to, to add on this one, chaps? Or at the moment, because the only one we've really touted is Silver and the debated KDB. Anyone else? Just coming, just coming to the Aguero versus Jesus. I know Pep. When when Walker got sent off, um, one of them had to be sacrificed at half time, and it was Jesus who was taken off. Um, Aguero, Aguero looked really sharp. I thought um, in the first half, especially. I mean, if I if I was looking at Man City attack strikers, um, I I still I still prefer Jesus. So even though he was taken off at half time, Aguero looked sharp. But I still think for for a million less, I'd still be looking looking at Jesus. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It looks like it does look like Aguero is probably getting a little bit further forward though. So it's something in his favour, but. It looks like Jesus is getting more attempts on goal, even though he's played half a game less. So there are pros and cons for either one. But at the moment, yeah, a million less, I would say, due to the the game he played against... Who was it? Brighton he played in the first game. Yeah, he he looked very solid with two disallowed goals. Just before we move on, I just want to mention a quick stat on uh, KDB, which Tom Campbell posted on his Twitter. He just bet a breakdown of Kim De Bruyne's stats for the 12.30 kickoffs in the Premier League last season with six appearances, two goals, four assists and one yellow card. So when you think about removing KDB, think about that. That's a fair, fair point to make, Iceman. So let's move on to Palace versus Swansea. Uh, General, if you want to kick us off with this one, who do you like in this? Yeah, not 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 many, really. Um, Palace, Palace have been, I think, well, conceded four goals and haven't scored yet, so... Pressure's on Frank De Boer already there. So Swansea have lost Siggy. So at least that's the end of that situation now that they can just move on from that. I've got Tom Carroll as my fifth midfielder. Slight chance I may actually play him this week, depending on what my transfer is. Um, I'll have to see about that. Abraham hasn't done much. Um, looks like he's got goals in him, but he hasn't really done enough yet to warrant a place. Yeah, Palace, Loftus, Loftus-Cheek is probably the only one that really interests me at the minute. Defensively, they've been woeful, so I won't be going there. Loftus-Cheek, 4.5 million. I know a lot of people put him in the QM Week 1 squads. Um, hasn't done anything yet, but I have been quite impressed by him from what I've seen. A lot of people tend not to look at 4.5 million players when they're looking to bring in a midfielder, but uh, I wouldn't ignore Loftus-Cheek. I think Palace have got some all right fixtures coming up. I think he could actually be a big pick for the next couple of weeks, especially for those who are planning to wildcard soon. I mean, don't don't run them out. Yeah, I mean, he was playing a bit further forward, wasn't he, uh, Loftus Cheek, and the, the you know in the, the number ten role, the Ozil role, almost. So yeah, it could be at uh, that price as well. Could be a decent option. I understand what are your thoughts. Yeah, he, he plays a lot down the right hand side, Loftus Cheek, and I, I do a quick comparison of the two of uh, Carroll and Loftus Cheek because they're both based at four point five. Carroll's actually had no attempts on goal so far, with Loftus-Cheek only having the one, but Loftus-Cheek seems to be a little bit higher in the bonus point system, and he has had an attempt on goal, and he's had three penalty area touches, so 
out of the two, I would probably, if you're looking for a 4.5, I would actually go Loftus Cheek. But you need to be wary that there are Palace players, for example, Kabai, that might be coming back into the team, which might displace him from the team. So, whereas Tom Carroll is always going to keep his spot, I think, especially now Sigurdsson's gone to Everton. Nice. Anyone else you want to add, man? From either team, no, not really. Uh, I suppose. No. Fabianski had eight hours of not conceding a goal and then conceded four, so yeah, not really nice. any options. Okay, so maybe maybe this fixture isn't too attractive to us at the moment. Let's move on to I think this one will probably um, pique your interest, chaps. Huddersfield have been surprised package of the league so far with two wins against the Saints, who picked up a new signing from Lazio this week. Hote, the uh, the Dutch defender, I've probably cocked that up completely. I pronounced his name, possibly indicating they are going to. Shift Van Dyke. Iceman, how do you see this one? Well, Pellegrino said last week that he did some extra training on finishing before the West Ham game. It looks like it kind of paid off considering they scored two. They have got League Cup this week. I know that Tadic is on penalties now, so that's something that we need to keep in mind because I thought that it might have been Gabbiadini. That's kind of one of the reasons why I had him in as well. But Gabbiadini still seems to be getting the chances. He hit the crossbar, scored a goal. Yeah, it's pretty average for that price of striker so I'm not expecting much more just a bit wary that Austin seemed to have come on took the penalty as well uh, whether he's going to displace him I, I don't think he will but it's kind of a, a marker just wondering whether he will or not really yeah the penalty taker situation that's just happened is an interesting one uh, Tad scored the first one and then when Austin was on the pitch he took the one he, he scored the winner so I actually think Austin will be the first choice if he's on the pitch. I know um, Ward Prowse has taken penalties in the past as well, and I don't think I don't think he was on. The, I know he didn't start the game. He yeah, I think he was on the pitch when Austin took his. Austin's probably ahead of him. Tadic has impressed me in, in open play as well this season. First two games, I know he's he's the ultimate player in fantasy who always has the stats and never produces the goods, but. This season could be different, and as I say, he's, he's impressed me from open play. I think he's quite a good option. I, I've got Ward Price disappointing that he didn't play, didn't start uh, game week two, so it's kind of it's a slight headache for me now. He might he might have lost a starting place, and um, probably won't get rid of him this week. But I'm probably going to end up having to do that soon. I think a lot of people are looking to get rid of him, but I, I still think he might start next game. He's still got a chance in there. He, I think maybe. Yeah, I've got him. Um, I've got other priorities in midfield that I want to look at, so I'm going to probably end up keeping more price this week. Yeah, we'll just see how it goes. I've got Bertrand as well. He got his clean sheet in game week one. Um, I'll be holding on to him as well. I was just going to ask you the question while you're talking about Bertrand there, um, General. Uh, I still think the Saints back four, which was attracting a lot of attention just when the fixtures came out, still hold up pretty well. Huddersfield away, Watford at home, Palace away then United, Stoke, but then two home fixtures against Newcastle and West Brom. So I'm, I'm still, I've got Cedric, he didn't do much for me this week, but I'm still going to probably commit to him because I think there is still uh, still points in the Saints team in the first part of the season for their defence. Well, I think he's probably yeah, the best, I think he's probably the best five million option out of Southampton now, now that uh, Stevens' place is liable to get taken from the new centre-back that they've signed. Yeah, surely the, the new the new guy could put Yoshida and Stevens under pressure. So it'll be interesting to see if he, how soon he 
comes into the team if he displaces them at all. I don't know how good this guy is, but I presume he's, he's Dutch international. He's come from Lazio, so he's a fairly decent pedigree with regards to playing in. Uh, yeah, interesting to see if they go with the homegrown talent of Stevens or whether they stick to Yoshida, who's probably the more senior centre half. Because I know Stevens is. Uh, Stevens is very popular with the Southampton fans. They yeah. think he's really, really good. So, so I actually think it could be Oshida that will be first to go if this new guy is going to get a starting place. Oh, hmm. So on the other, the other defensive half of this fixture, I'm looking for Huddersfield at Schindler for Huddersfield. So defensively, top the Terriers uh, in terms of their bonus points scoring this week, 37. 20, 21 clearances, blocks and interceptions, uh, 8 out of 9 tackles, 1. So... Playing regularly for Huddersfield at 4.5 million if you're wild carding or if you want to take a punt on a Huddersfield defender, might not be a bad shout. Yeah, I agree with Polly on the defensive side of things. I mean, two clean sheets. I watched them against Newcastle and I was very, very impressed. They, they, they never looked like conceding against Newcastle. I know Newcastle were pretty rubbish, but they seemed to be very well organised. Seemed to have a very good goalkeeper as well. The save he made from Ritchie was, was superb. So, He's another option. I think he's 4.5 alongside Schindler. Aaron Moy was my transfer in for game week two, so that was pretty sweet. So I have to thank Zaha for getting injured for that one. Um, <laughs> really, really enjoyed that goal. Saved my game week, really. So, um, yeah, Huddersfield look good. They look the best of the promoted sides, for sure. Yeah, Moy's now got an assist and a goal at 5.5 million. Pretty decent price. Could be the uh, the Mares are all hoping on for the uh, for the season's pass. Oh, that's pushing it. I, I did, don't get too excited. Yeah, I did look at the uh, the stats on both those uh, on um, on Ince compared with Moy because I just thought, well, Ince is six million, Moy's five point five. What who's worth? Who's worth the value, really? So Ince is actually taking a few more attempts on goal. Moy's actually only had two, so he scored with one of them. And he's got an assist in the game before and a goal in this one. So whether he's going to continue with the returns, I don't know. Like it's, It might be doubtful there, whereas Ince might be because he's a little bit further forward than him and has had a few more touches in the box as well. But um, for me, I think it's just a bit of, a bit of a gamble going on, Moy. I don't think it's going to be sustainable for the rest of the season, but I could be wrong. It's exactly what you said about Mahrez years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Given their, their side, you're less likely to get the longevity out of Moy, but let's enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Okay, well, we won't dwell on this one too much, chaps. Uh, Newcastle versus West Ham next. Iceman, first of all, how do you see this one going? Well, West Ham, they're not a great team at the moment. They still haven't gelled, but... I do think they gave Southampton a good go in the end with uh, Chicharito. He's just a, a goal scorer, isn't he? In the box, he loves it. He's yeah. such a po- poacher. Both his goals were scored from rebounds. and in all, all of the 39 goals he scored in the Premier League have been in the box. Joe Hart, six goals in two games he's conceded. He has actually hasn't kept a clean sheet in the league since March when playing for Torino. So... It's been a long time for him. It could go either way with them. West Ham, we've got Antonio back and uh, had a question on him. Yeah. Elroy Pereira is asking, Antonio, a good shout? General, what's your, what's your thoughts on Antonio? Yeah, I mean, I, I crucified West Ham last week on another podcast. Um, they, they put in a better performance against Southampton. It's a defence I never, never look at because they're just, especially last season, they were terrible. And again, they showed that season they... They're, they're not worth investing in. So, as you say, Chicharito, 
if he gets a chance for you, he's more than likely going to put it away. So he's kind of a player you can just stick in your team and not worry too much about him. It's it's just whether it's the, the teammates around him can create enough chances for him. That would be my issue. Um, he's definitely one I'll be looking at in, in my in my air wildcard if he, if he keeps producing the goods. Antonio, um, Antonio's a player I've never been a big fan of in fantasy. I, I, for what reason, I don't really know. He, I mean, he's got the stats. He's... he's He's been fancy football gold in, yeah. in, in recent seasons, but for for some, I think it was mainly because of when he burst onto the scene first. He was he could play play striker one week and he could be right back the next week. That was probably the main issue I had with him. But, but they have got Zabaleta he's probably going to play, haven't they? So I'm assuming that he's not going to play right back again. Yeah, so I mean Zabaleta lost the game for them at the weekend, but <laughs> yeah, so Antonio should be, especially now that Arnautovic is banned for for a couple of games. It's probably a, good time if you wanted to have a punt on Antonio it's probably a good time to do it because they've got decent fixtures I think and as I say Arnautovic is not there so he could he could flourish yeah I, I agree Newcastle away uh, this game then Huddersfield at home then West Brom away so I can see him probably he could probably score a lot of points in the next three weeks and he might be worth a punt for someone yeah he, um, I was watching the, some of the game and he looked very sharp, Antonio. Some really good turns. And I think he, he's so much better in that advanced role. He's so wasted at right back. So I, I actually quite fancy Antonio in the next few weeks, especially against this Newcastle defence. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The only other thing I don't like about Antonio is he's very injury prone. So Yeah, there is that. Um, chaps, any, any thoughts on Newcastle in general? As I say, I watched them against Huddersfield and they were just rubbish. I mean, <laughs> they really need to get some some signings in, I think, if or else they could really struggle this season. Yeah, I've got Elliot as my backup keeper, and he'll he'll remain as a backup. I don't really intend to start him. Ben Foster started well for me with two clean sheets, so I'd probably end up playing Foster against the bigger sides as well, even if Elliot had a had a, had a better fixture. Um, Richie, Richie's disappointed owners. I think he's got two yellow cards in the first two games. Um, I mean, he came very close to scoring against Huddersfield. It was only a great save. If I had him, I probably, yeah, probably would hold on to him from what I've seen so far. A player that might become of interest in the coming weeks is the striker, um, Hoselu, or however you say it. They got yeah, from Stoke. Yeah. He looked quite sharp when he came on. Um, 5.5 million because they don't really have a I know Gale's there, Mitrovic is there. They don't really seem to have a nailed-on striker. So if he can get a goal or two, he might be of interest to some people in the next week. Okay, yeah, I don't think I can add anything I'm too excited about. I've still got uh, Lascelles for Newcastle, and I'm questioning whether it might be worth taking a punt on him against the West Ham attack, although I do think Chikorito is going to be in in for some points in this one, so I'm not overly drawn to the fixture. So let's move across another London club then. Watford against Brighton, Silverside. Um, good signing by the looks of thing with, is it Richarlison? Richarlison? Yeah, Richarlison. Oh, yeah, so. it was good. Richarlison. So look looked pretty decent over the weekend against uh, uh, against Brighton. Still with those cheap midfield options. And um, we talked a bit about Chalabar earlier on the pod uh, a couple of sessions back. We call them sessions now? A couple of episodes back. Mr. <laughs> uh, Sitter. Shalabar in this one, unfortunately. I thought that was going to be the moment he justified his 4.5 million price tag. Iceman, any, any thoughts on Watford? Yeah, I think people are looking at the Brazilian Richarlson. I've, I think that's how you yeah. say it. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, he, he was quite the goal for it. Uh, 12 penalty area touches looked really good. Uh, six goal attempts. I, I have thought about like 
going for him. It's just their fixtures aren't exactly the best, but there's a lot of value in in Watford at the moment. We like you mentioned it last week. It looks like Richardson's starting up front. It's just they've got Brighton at home next, and then they've got Southampton and then Man City. But I suppose after that they've got Swansea, West Brom. But it would be a dangerous punt if you were to bring in the likes of these players. But there is value to a few of them. Yeah, Richardson. He really has impressed me, and just looking at a few stats today you think he's got eight shots in the first two games I mean that's for a, for a player in a Watford side as a midfielder that's pretty pretty impressive he, he does look like a very exciting prospect but I probably need to see a bit more from him and just to make sure he's going to start every week as well because I know they've got a lot of attacking players now they've got Dini, Okaka and Gray as well so there's a lot of players fighting for those attacking spots but he, he does he does look really good I was just actually checking in on the the cup result from tonight. I know he was playing. He didn't score, but I just seen Holabas did what Holabas does best and got sent off. Oh really? <laughs> so and the man Kapue has scored again. So I mean, scored in the league, scored in the cup. Is there going to be another bandwagon? Yeah, Get just, your team. No, just don't do it yourself, guys. <laughs> yeah, so there's there is good value. I think the thing with Watford. The thing I'm trying to get into my head is that Marco Silva's there now, so they're going to be a much better side under him, and they've shown it already in the first two games. So the likes of Bretos at 4.5, I think, could be a good option as well. And Shalabar actually impressed me at the weekend. I know he's only 4.5 million, but when it comes up against, I think he has to be thrown into the ring with Carl and, and Loftus-Cheek now as well as a good option as a, a fifth midfielder at 4. 4.5 million. I don't know if you've seen it on the, during the game. He, he had a great chance. Yeah, um, I saw it. Arthur, Arthur shouted. Harry Arthur. <laughs> was first, so. <laughs> I mean, if he was in your team and that happened to you, you'd be, you'd be pretty, pretty you would be, wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, some interesting results in the uh, in the Carabao Cup tonight. Um, what about Brighton then, chaps? Any any mileage in them? I have... I have Gross and I've got a lot of regrets having him. He was the. uh, (laughs) He created the most in the uh, Bundesliga last season. Uh, But now he just doesn't seem to be doing anything. No attempts on goal, no chances created in the last game. He got taken off at 60 minutes. 5.5. If you're you're going for a 5.5 midfielder, do not go Gross. He's uh, he's been a bit of a letdown for me. Brighton (laughs) just seems to be a very. They're a bit of a flat team, aren't they? They they don't really do that much. I think um, Chris or Hewton, he seems to have made it a bit dull. He, he seems to be going for the defensive option and not really doing much. There's not even any counter-attacking or anything. With Brighton players, there, there are not many options for me. I, I, I'm not going for any of them at the moment. Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen so far, it looks like it's going to be a pretty long season for Brighton. When you, even when you look at their squad list on the FPL website, it's just severely lacking, and especially when it comes to strikers. They really need to make a sign or two before the deadline to have any hope of staying in the league. There was a lot of talk about Knockhart before the season started. Um, he had a bit of an injury coming into the season, so he, he'll probably start. I think he started in the Cup tonight, so he'll probably start at the weekend, but I'd be avoiding Brighton for the time being. They, they haven't offered much at all so far. Yeah, I'd have to agree. That'll be my hope was on Knockout, but I've still not seen too much from him just yet. So, still steering clear of them. What about the 5.30 kickoff, lads? Now, this is the interesting one, because if anybody watched Manchester United tear Swansea apart at the weekend, the Swans did well to hold out for the majority of the first half. United got the goal, 
And then in the last sort of 20 minutes, they just absolutely ripped them apart as Swansea committed men forward. Mkhitaryan seems to be the man of the moment. General, if you could, you want to kick us off on this one, what are you thinking of United at the moment and who who do you like for this fixture? Yeah, as a, as a United fan, it's been a very impressive start to the season. Um, yeah. I know that the new free hit chip has come in this season. I think if I think if there was a chip where you could play a play a team with eleven players from one team, you'd be <laughs> picking eleven players at the minute. There's just there's so many there's just so many options. You've got Lukaku, Pogba, Mkhitaryan, and then you've got the hair, the likes of Phil Jones and Blind as well. You you can make a case for them all. So I've only got Lukaku at the moment. Um a captain in game week one and game week two um produced a good so Happy with him. My big decision this week is going into game week three is whether to go for Pogba or Mkhitaryan. And I know a lot of people are going to have to make that decision this week. I'm going to throw Ericsson into that decision as well because he, he's he's of interest to me as well. So it's between those three probably for my transfer this week. Oh, yeah, so where do you stand on the United debate around uh, Pogba versus Mkhitaryan? Yeah, I want both of them, but you can't have yeah. everyone in your team. You've got to think about that. I've got KDB, Mane and uh, Ramsey as my kind of premium midfielders. Ramsey's only 7 mil, so he's like my cheaper of the three. But I want to keep Mane and De Bruyne for this next week. I am looking at either moving one of those players into my team or Ericsson as well. Like It's, it's dependent. Spurs fixtures are pretty good. Man United's get... A little bit less, but they're still pretty good going forward. We had a few questions on it. We had in Tekab Ahmed has asked, uh, is tripping up on Man United attack too much? And then Sid uh, at FPL Sid, who's been on here, has put uh, KDB or Pogba slash Mickey. Yeah, there are people you know wanting to go for these players, and you can kind of see why. If you were to choose out the two, General, which one would you choose, uh, Pogba and Mkhitaryan? Yes, I've, I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this for the last couple of days, and you know, looking into a lot of stats and things like that. I'm edging towards Mkhitaryan. I just feel like he, he, he probably has a better chance of keeping to do it consistently. I know he's probably more likely for rotation when it comes up to Champions League time. But I just feel the way he started, he, he, he's on fire. Um, four assists in two games. I mean, I think he only got one last season. I just, I just, I'm, there's very little between them. It, it just comes down to, to personal preference, and for me, I just fancy Mkhitaryan. I think I think he's doing better in the the baseline bonus point system as well. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. probably another reason to edge towards him. I just Pogba. I mean, as a United fan, he, he was so disappointing um, last season, coming at for what eighty nine million or whatever we paid for him. And I'm just not a hundred percent convinced yet that he's going to do it every week. Um, I'd be much more confident of Mkhitaryan producing the goods every week. Than I would be um, Pogba. Yeah, I, I there was a like we said we had a few questions on whether to triple up on them. Uh, we had F, at FPL Noob also asked thoughts on United triple up Pogba, Mkhitaryan, and Rom. And I wouldn't do it because it's all eggs in one basket. You know, United are doing well, but they haven't played the best teams in the world. I can't see them stopping yet, but they're not playing a decent team to, till game week eight in Liverpool. But if you're looking at between Mkhitaryan and Pogba, I had a quick look at the stats, and it looks like at 80 minutes or 75 minutes, Pogba doesn't really get as forward as much as Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan seems to be the furthest forward. Pogba has the higher goal threat. He's had four shots in the box this season to Mkhitaryan one. Mkhitaryan's assist potential is clearly uh, better than Pogba's. Mkhitaryan's on nine, whereas Pogba's on five chances created. And then 
As you mentioned, the uh, bonus point system, Mkhitaryan looks a little bit more consistent because he hit 44 and 42 BPS in the last two game weeks, whereas Pogba's scored 31 and 45. So I also looked at the heat maps just to kind of confirm to myself that where are they playing, who's probably more likely to get most of the points. And it looks like on the heat maps, Mkhitaryan is showing slightly forward than Pogba around the 18-yard box, just kind of all over the pitch width-wise and Pogba is just mainly down the right hand side but I think Pogba has a few more penalty area touches than Mkhitaryan he's got nine penalty area touches to Mkhitaryan's measly three so it shows that Mkhitaryan doesn't necessarily get in the box though but I do feel like it is a coin toss but Mkhitaryan for me also edges it Pogba may have the higher goal threat but it's Mkhitaryan who's the one out of the two who's actually scored 20 goals within a season or more and he's done that more than once uh, at Shakhtar Donetsk and uh, Borussia Dortmund whereas Pogba seems to only score about 10 goals a season so uh, although I do want to cover myself here Pogba kind of has been progressing well so this could be his year we don't know but if you're following the stats I think Mkhitaryan is probably the route to go here so I, I yeah I think that the data is with Mkhitaryan no doubt about that but I think if you want to go Pogba you're safe and part of that is because yes he lines up in the second bank of midfielders whereas Mkhitaryan is just behind the front man having said that Having Matic in the team has made such a big difference because if Pogba goes forward, he knows he's got that absolute anchor just sat there waiting to mop anything up. Whereas last season, yes, Carrick does a job there. They can put Herrera in there, but Matic, they're so stable with him in front of that back four. Pogba can pretty much roam and... Yeah, Pogba can almost make that front, that that midfield attacking three, a midfield attacking four, and that's where you're seeing him. I mean, again, if anybody watched the game over the weekend, you would have seen him creeping up into the box, Pogba. So I think you you can toss a coin on those two, personally. And I think, actually, Pogba may even provide a big, maybe not assist threat, but goal-scoring threat, because he can be so direct down the middle. Yeah, yeah, maybe. The only thing is, another caveat to this, is that Pogba could have been sent off for two yellows in the last game. Yeah, he's the one that's putting in the tackles, so he's more likely to get carded than Mkhitaryan is. It's a good, uh, yeah, it's a good argument there. Um, any thoughts on Bai? He seems to be the the consistent centre half at the moment. Gerald, any thoughts on Bai? Yeah, it was his first goal for United. I just prefer Jones. I think he's a million cheaper. Jose seems to be a big fan of Phil Jones. He plays when he's fit. He plays for Jose. So yeah. Jones hit the bar as well. So that could easily be he could easily be on the score sheet at the weekend as well. I just think for five million in that Man United defence, Jones is a really really good option just now. Yeah, I think both players, Jones and Bay, they're not really goal scorers, are they? Last time Jones scored was March two thousand fourteen, and by by his first goal for Man United. So I think you're more or less getting them for the clean sheets, and at the cheaper option, Jones is the one to go for me especially because I've got him. And if you could bring him in, that'll boost up my bank balance. That'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> Can we have any love for Leicester chaps? They pulled off a 4-1 win in the uh, Carabao Cup tonight against Sheffield United. Vardy didn't feature. The players probably most of interest for anybody thinking about this might affect your lineup. Maguire got a game and Fook started. A couple of goals for Slimani there. I don't think he, he's potentially an option. It looks like... Uh, yeah, Vardy didn't come off the bench and nor did Mares. So just that can you can you shout Vardy for this one at all, lads? I think Vardy, Vardy limped off in the last game, but I think we're all waiting on Leicester for game week seven onwards really. So 
I can't really see any options, not with Man United, Chelsea in the next two, and then Liverpool, game week six, not for me at the moment. Yeah, I would agree Agree with the Iceman. It's the fixtures that are pretty off-putting for Leicester. Um, once, once the fixtures clear up a bit for them, it'll be Vardy and Maguire I'd be looking at, I think, for, the, for them. I think we'll have a. There will be a discussion on whether we'll want Maguire or Fuchs because remember how good Fuchs was a year before last. So there'll be yes, that'll right. be close. Well, speaking of close chaps, let's move to the Sunday fixture at one. Well, the first Sunday one thirty fixture. We've got Chelsea versus Everton. So Everton giving a really good account of themselves against City. Arguably could have taken three points there. Chelsea again pulling off a win against Tottenham. We all fear the Wembley curse on Spurs now you can't say from one game that's the case but Chelsea did well to get a victory in that one Alonso getting a couple of goals showing that he is still the the main or one of the main attacking threats for Chelsea General do you want to say anything about Chelsea on this one yeah first thing I'll say it was very painful listening to the Chelsea Spurs game um because I had Alonso in a lot of my early drafts and I talked him up a lot on Twitter as well in pre-season and then I ended up not going with him myself. So, two goals. It didn't surprise me because we've seen what he could do last season. Um, didn't expect the two goals to come against Spurs, mind you, but the only Chelsea player I have is is William. He's been, he's been very disappointing as well. He's on the chopping block for me this week. He's probably going to make way for whoever I decide to bring in from, from the United midfield. So, uh, it's Alonso, probably the only Chelsea player that interests me now. Morata started, he missed a glorious chance. It was a I mean a header from three or four yards and, and he put it wide. So I'd need to see more from him before I consider him. Hazard's back soon. Pedro's another one that maybe will interest me in a couple of weeks' time. I'm a big fan of Pedro. If he can if he can stay if fit, he he's he'd probably be my pick of the Chelsea midfielders. Yeah, I I, okay, I, agree. I agree with you there, General. It's, it doesn't look like there's many options at Chelsea at the moment, just because they haven't got going in terms of attacking style. Williams seems to run around like a natter. But if you look at the heat maps of the Tottenham versus Chelsea game, Chelsea were just pinned in their half, even in their penalty area. Tottenham were all over the place with the ball. And they did look good. They, they looked a better team than Chelsea, but I think Conte just did a number on it, Spurs tactically. So the only option for me still, as mentioned last week, is Alonso. But it was, it was two shots on goal that they had in the game and they scored both of them and I still think that Chelsea are going to sign a left back whether he's going to be replacing Alonso I don't know but I know that there'll be a rotation risk whenever they do he isn't likely to go up in price as well Alonso so he's kind of one of these a little bit like KDB kind of set and forget type players but you're not going to gain any value off of him and uh, Chelsea don't have easy fixtures in between Champions League games at the moment so I, they're not keeping clean sheets. You're mainly looking for attacking returns from Alonso. I think wait on this one for a bit. I wouldn't be rushing to get him in at the moment. I did look at it thinking, oh, wow, whoever's got him must be flooding with the points. But obviously he, he, they didn't get a clean sheet as well. If they did, then it'll be on uh, 21 points. But it was only, I think, the 16 points he got in the end. I know I'm saying only, but I've got that through uh, Hagazi, 15 points and 8 points within two weeks, and uh, he's already scored more than Alonso, and he's 2.5 less. Okay. We did have a couple of questions on, on Alonso, one from Sa- Sandy Bravo at FPL Rano, and one from Shahil at Parmage, just asking about Alonso, so hopefully we've kind of discussed that one for, for you guys. 
Yeah, I think we covered a fair bit on him. So what about Everton then, chaps? Rooney's got off to a flyer at the start of the season, couple of goals in the league, uh, an assist in, in Europe at the moment. Seven and a half million. Looking pretty good, isn't he, compared to when he didn't play at all last season. Jeremy, any thoughts on him? Yeah, he was he was very impressive against City. Um on Monday actually he he just seemed to dictate the pace of the game. He just looked every time he received the ball, he looked so comfortable. He was really, really good. The only thing I know he's he started well, he's got his two goals. Um he's been taking set pieces, but Sigurdsson's probably gonna take those off him now, so that probably diminishes it his appeal a little bit. It'd probably be a couple more weeks before I'd consider, consider going for any. I think their fixtures are tough terrible. enough. So They're terrible. Looking at, yeah, looking at other... Another a player who actually impressed me last night was Hallgate, the right wing-back. 4.4 million. If, if he nails down the right wing-back spot, he could be another option in a couple of weeks to look at. Yes, he's still pretty cheap. Um, I spent anyone else to add on Everton? Uh, well, Calvert-Lewin seems to be getting 90 minutes every game. He's quite cheap as well. If you're looking for that third striker cheap option, uh, he could be a, a good one eventually, but no, not with these fixtures coming up. They've got Chelsea next, then Spurs, then Man United. Uh, can't get much worse than that. No, no nightmare run of fixtures. But no, certainly some promise from Everton. And for all we said about their, their opening games, they've got points on the board, which is important. So... West Brom versus Stoke, so Higazi appears to be the bargain of the season so far. Have you chaps got him? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I had him in my original blueprint, took him out and put him straight back and he was one of my only scorers over three this week, so I was very happy with that. Absolute snip. I'd recommend him to ever, anyone to have him in the, this team. Um, and home against Stoke, I know they did the job on the Gunners, but I, I still fancy West Brom maybe to get clean sheet points here. Yeah, Higazi was in was in some of my uh, drafts before game week one, but I went for Ben Foster and goal, and I really didn't fancy a West Brom double up because it caused me so much pain last season. Um, every time I had a West Brom double up for the so-called Tony Pulis guaranteed clean sheet, I, it just it broke my heart every week. So I couldn't do it again this season. That's why I just went for Foster and I went against Higazi. Um, they conceded so many goals in pre-season, so it was very hard to, to see the two clean sheets coming. So I didn't want to have two West Brom defensive players. That's why I went against him. He's been he's been superb, Higazi. I know he's rising he's rising in price, but I still think he's he's worth getting on board. And um, Macaulay's kind of taking a long time to come back from injury, and Johnny Evans could be on his way out. So I think Higazi is a great option. Yeah, I spent any thoughts on him. Yeah, I, I, I've got him in my team. I think I've got a little bit lucky there. I, I knew he was going to be starting from the season with the injuries going on. I'm just hoping that he's going to keep his place. Really. He looks a decent prospect for them, and I think he might keep his place even when McCauley is back. Um, I have been looking, uh, watch, watching the horrible Arsenal game and saw Hesse. He looked really good on the eye, like just naturally just a decent footballer. He had a, a few chances. Obviously, he got the goal three attempts on goal in all and created a couple of chances as well. Eventually, he's going to be a decent option, but I'm just not sure at the moment. Not with Stokes fixtures coming up. They've got Man United after this game, but then they've got Newcastle, then they've got Chelsea. So they've got a good good game every other game, really, and you kind of don't want to put faith in that. But as, as we mentioned last week, Jack Butland, he got a good score of 11 points this week. I think he's still probably a pretty good option to go for, just to yeah. stick in. Like he's going to generate save points from these Man United, Chelsea, and Man City games, and hopefully uh, clean sheet points from the other ones. So, yeah, I'm actually thinking about bringing him in. 
Yeah, Stoke. Stoke are a team I tend to avoid. They're the kind of team who go out and beat Arsenal 1-0 and then they'll just go five games now and lose every one of them. Yeah. Uh, Hesse looks good, but I mean, I never jump on a player after one game. I, I need to see some consistency from him first. And as you say, the fixtures are fixtures are pretty tough. Butland did look good against Arsenal. He, we've seen before, he can he can rack up the points. He could have a similar season to Heaton last season, but he, I think he's five million. I'm quite happy with Foster at four point five, um, as opposed to to Butland at five. Yeah, the, the actual the outstanding goalkeeper points wise in the league is is Lossel at Huddersfield at the moment. Uh, he's on 17 points, leading the way. Again, how long that lasts, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, big year for Butland, going for the uh, World Cup number one spot for England with Joe Hart of West Ham. I think he could get it. Yeah, I think he can as well. He's decent. We had a we had a question here from Al at Manbatis Al. He's asking uh, Atsu to Hesse. Stoke fixtures are pretty poor, but he's asking, would you do that move? Uh... <sighs> Probably, I, I, yeah. Like uh, German was saying, you know, I think Hesse looks good. Good history at Real Madrid. Not yet. Want to see Stoke actually firing a bit more regularly? I think the other thing as well, Arsenal's defence is nothing to go by at the moment. Reflecting the quality of a player up front, they just thought that they're still kind of working it out. So I probably would say no to that one. In general, yeah, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make that move after after one one performance from Hesse. If you're looking for a, a six million replacement for for Atsu, I'd be more inclined to go for Richarlison. He, he's played two games, he's had eight shots, and he's got better fixtures. So, and he plays up front him. more or less. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, well, chaps, let's move on to huge fixture coming up over the weekend. It is, of course, Liverpool versus Arsenal. This is the four o'clock kickoff on the Sunday. Uh, Liverpool sneaking the win, one nil. Uh, with Mane getting the goal over the weekend, Arsenal going down against Stoke. So, big clubs, neither of them firing on all cylinders after last weekend. I, th- I think it's uh, Mane would still be my go-to for Liverpool here. He's in my team at the moment. He is the consistent performer, and that's the way I still see it going. Um, Iceman, what are, you, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about their players considering Salah was kind of dropped. Uh, well, not dropped. He was kind of rested. There is some rotation going on. They've got Champions League midweek fixtures going on this week. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Mane was also rested for this game. Uh, I don't think he should be, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is. And started with uh, Salah instead with Firmino and Sturridge up top. You, you don't know who's going to play. I, for me, I, I wouldn't actually be bringing in any Liverpool players. I've got Mane, so I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hope that he plays. So I'm not going to waste a transfer on him. But, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in any Liverpool players for this one. No, General? I've got uh, Firmino for Liverpool. So, he produced a good game week one. He didn't game week two. And he, he's going to need to perform quickly for me to hold on to him. Because you've got the likes of Chicharito firing the goals for... For seven million, it's tempting to, to go that way instead of Firmino. So, as you say, I wouldn't be bringing in any Liverpool players or Arsenal players for that matter for this fixture. I mean, Arsenal have been very poor defensively. I don't have any Arsenal players. I was really thinking about Kolasinac and Bellerin before the season started, but I mean, they're not keeping clean sheets, so the attraction's not really there. No, Sanchez going to be back. 
It's it's Wenger, isn't it? He doesn't. He's bought a, a wing back, and he's not actually playing them there. He's playing them at left centre back, which I don't actually think Kolasinac is any good at playing. But I just think he's got so much potential to play at wing back. But he's trying to shoehorn in Oxley Chamberlain, who I think he's second on shots at the moment uh, in the stats. Eddie Hughes has actually said on on Twitter. He said, "Is Wenger effing clueless?" Pete, do you want to answer that? <laughs> well. Um... Yes. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be surprised this week if we saw Kolasinac go to left-back, Chamberlain to right-back, and Bellerin get benched. Yeah. I think that's the sort of scenario we could see playing out, mainly because I have uh, actually got Bellerin in my team. He's not <laughs> disappointing me so far, but I know if I take him out, it'll be the week when he uh, when he goes when he, when he starts scoring. So, yeah, I'm still interested in Lacazette. I thought even though he didn't get his goal against Stoke, he looked uh, he looked sharp up top. There's a lot of pace in that front front three. It's just needing Sanchez back, isn't it, for that team to start firing again? I think um, with Lacazette, I think we're just not feeding him like we should be. We're not getting him into the game as much as we should, so he can't kind of get involved. I th- he's one to he's one to watch. He, I mean, he's lethal because he only had like the one shot I think on goal, uh, and he scored the offside goal. But. Um, yeah, just one to wait on him. I think we need to get going and start playing. We had a question from Real FTF just asking, is Sanchez worth a look this week? Dropped to 11.9 in price and available according to Wenger. See, I wouldn't go there yet. I, w- I would wait on him. He-, he could be one of the greatest pumps that you ever bring in, but it's just such a risk for such a hefty price tag. Yeah, I agree. I think I want to see him back for a game before I know, you know, how the team overall are performing with him in it as well and with Ozil. Yeah, just just a quick shout on Ramsey. Really, I do like the timing of his runs because he he does make them every match. He does get forward. He always gets opportunities, and I think playing like he is, I think he will get goals. I'm, I am quite hopeful in this because I know he's in my team, but. He does look like he wants to play in that number 10 role uh, where Arsenal seems to have a missing player at the moment. But Ozil is actually first for chances created with 10. People are saying he's going missing, but I, I still think he does have potential too. Not a fancy asset, but he's uh, yeah, he's still creating the chances. He is. General, do you want to add anyone on this fixture? No, I think you've covered it pretty well. It's just going back to Lacazette. I kind of class Lacazette and Morata in the same kind of bracket at the moment. I just I have two premium strikers in Kane and Lukaku. I just much prefer having two proven Premier League goal scorers as opposed to the likes of Lacazette and Morata who who are new to the league. Yeah, agreed with that. Yeah, okay, okay, chat. So let's get on to the last fixture of the game week. We've got the North London rivals Spurs against Burnley. Back to Wembley for Tottenham now. The question is, chaps, do we ship out Ali, get rid of Kane, dump Trippier and Davis, etc., or is there life in Spurs yet at Wembley? I'm interested to hear what you think, uh, General. Well, we, I think what's going to happen in this game is is Kane's going to score <laughs> all the August goals from the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, um, right. He's going to score six goals this week, so <laughs> he's definitely going to be my captain for this one. And everyone else, you should probably sell him because he's definitely not going to score because it's August. Yeah, that's great advice. <laughs> Good advice, Good advice Yeah, I, I think you're spot on there. He hit the woodwork for the second week running. He's had the most shots for 14, 8 against Chelsea, 11 in the box. A striker of his quality can't go that amount of chances. They will come. Just got to keep faith. He's my, he's going to be my captain as well, guaranteed. A lot of people are thinking that Lukaku, because of his form of scoring every game, 
he's probably the better option, but I just think Le- Leicester's probably got a bit of a better defence than Burnley. I did look at the Wembley theory, and I found out a bit of information about Spurs at Wembley. I found out that they actually managed to get the pitch one metre smaller, and as Tottenham's pressing game is... Uh, a, bit, a little bit more difficult on a bigger pitch. I looked at the stats and their attacking stats on smaller pitches compared to bigger pitches are more or less the same. Like there's no difference in that. So if you're going for attacking options for Spurs, then it, it doesn't matter on the pitch. But it's the defensive side that they struggle with on a bigger pitch. On a bigger pitch, they actually have 50% more goals against. Last season they did. Uh, so they conceded a shot on a bigger pitch, 10.3 shots per game and with three on target, whereas on a smaller pitch, it was just the six shots with two on target. So it does show that Wembley is making a slight difference to this, just to them defensively, so I don't think it affects their attacking assets as much. I suppose that's very, very strong data from you. Also, uh, another stat is just Ericsson has the most assists since 2014-15. Nice, lovely addition. So <laughs> we're saying we're pro Kane, we're pro Ali, we're pro Ericsson this week in spite of the hoodoo of, of Wembley. Yeah, there, there was a few questions on this. One from FPL's Latan saying, one more chance of Kane against Burnley. I'm going to answer that for everyone saying yes. Sid at FPL Sid saying, thoughts on Spurs fullbacks? And Seb at Seb Hodson132 uh, is asking Trippier versus Davis. So, what are your thoughts on uh, the fullbacks, General? I've got Ben Davies. I went with him in game week one. I'm pretty happy with him. He got his goal game week one, so that was that was pretty sweet straight off straight off the mark. Yeah, lucky. Um, he's been taking taking corners as well, so which makes him even more attractive. Uh, oh, Trippier Trippier's back now, so I think Trippier. I've seen Trippier taking a few corners. So, Spurs fullbacks are are excellent value. I think you should probably have have one of them. Yeah, I think probably doesn't matter too much which one you've got. We, uh, out of the two, which one would you choose, Trippier or Davis, if he had the choice now? Initially, I was going to go with Trippier until he picked up his injury. I mean, Davies has got a goal for me. So, But if I was starting again and there was no injuries, probably Trippier. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd say Trippier as well, just because he doesn't have the same worry about Rose coming back as, as Davis. Uh, and I think his delivery is excellent, Trippier. Yeah, I totally agree with that. He was replaced in the Chelsea game, but uh, Pochettino has insisted that the problem is not a big issue. So hopefully he'll be all right for the next game. We also had another question from the FPL way. It's the traditional question which we get every year, nearly every podcast. What's your choice between Ali versus Ericsson? Oh, uh, this season so far, I'm going to say Ericsson. I've got Ali, but I think I wish I'd gone with Ericsson now. In general, my my answer to this question changes from week to week. I mean, last week on the pod, I said I was in the Ali camp, and I mean this week, I'm, I'm thinking about bringing in Ericsson. So it's like the Pogba Mkhitaryan thing. There's very little yeah. between them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more um, of a assists and bonus points. Uh, with Mkhitaryan and Eriksson, whereas the goals and playing time, because uh, Ali's actually banned for the Champions League, so he's probably going to get a bit more premiership time than Eriksson if they do any rotation. So, yeah, it is a bit like the uh, Pogba-Mkhitaryan scenario. Yeah. I mean, if you're judging just on the first two games alone, I mean, it has to be Eriksson. He's, he's involved in absolutely everything. He's open play, corners, free kicks, so... If there's going to be a goal, there's a very high chance he's going to be involved. Um, but then you've got Ali, who's the natural finisher. 
18 goals last season. I mean, can he get 18 again? That's that's the question. Yeah, yeah I'd tell back Ali to have a good season. He's, you know, I think he's got great potential again. It's a World Cup year for him. Chaps, the other player I just want to speak about quickly is uh, Burnley's new signing, which is Woods from Leeds. Not Sherwood, this Chris podcast, Wood. but yeah. uh, Chris Wood. Yeah, uh, Chris Wood. Uh, so six point five million price tag slapped on him. So he's in the same arena as Gray at, uh, at Watford. His goal scoring record over the last couple of seasons: forty goals and eighty Championship games for Leeds. Started the season very well for them this year. He is a big physical centre forward. He's he almost feels a bit in the same mould as Sam Vokes, although he's a lot more mobile. Um, he's pretty much the talisman for New Zealand, so carries that weight on his shoulders. But 27 goals last season. He's also notched eight assists in 80 championship games. So he's contributing well over something every other game, pretty much. I think he's going to see game time pretty quickly for Burnley, but we need to see how quickly he adapts to the Premier League. For me, I'm not putting him in straight away, but I'm going to keep my eye on him because he, he would be a punt. Yeah, that's definitely a, a watch and see type player. We've got we did have a question. Varan Bansal actually asked thoughts on new signing Chris Wood. Yeah, you've more or less summed it all up there. I think he has got 20 international goals and 52 caps for the All Whites. So yeah, he did play for Leicester two years ago, but I think he was out of favour. Yeah, he didn't quite. Uh, yeah, I think Leeds sort of made him their main man, and he just kind of grew from there. So. Yeah, yeah. He also takes penalties. Uh, scored five of twenty-seven uh, goals last season from penalties. I tell you, who else has got good stats at the moment? Who? Ne- Neymar. Three goals, three assists, and two games for PSG. But that is what two hundred twenty-two million euros will buy you. Yeah. And chaps, that brings us to the end of all of the game week fixtures. Um, yes. We've seemingly flown through them. Um, Iceman, are you ready for a tinkle? Yeah, uh, yeah. I need a piss. Off you go then. Okay. Back in a moment. Okay, so welcome back to the Iceman. Let's sum up our discussion from this week. First of all, we kicked off with Bournemouth versus City. Nobody particularly from Bournemouth that we called for this one, but we are liking the look of uh, David Silva. Palace versus Swansea, we talked about Loftus-Cheek as a, as a cheap price attacking option at £4.5 million going forward. Huddersfield versus the Saints. Gabbiadini seems to be the starting man for the Saints, and Tadic has shown good form. Moy has been a bit of a snip so far. He's now 5.6 million. And Schindler is a 4.5 million option at Huddersfield, who uh, who may be a good enabler for you. Newcastle versus West Ham. We talked about Chikorito, natural finisher, a couple of goals at the weekend, and the improving, uh, well, not improving, but rather returning to fitness, Antonio. Hossilu is someone we've got to keep our eye on for Newcastle, as he seemed to show some form for Stoke previously. Watford versus Brighton. We talked about Richarlison and Chalabar. As uh, cheaper options, Chalabar especially in that midfield seems to have a place nailed on there. And uh, United versus Leicester, well, we obviously talked about the big hitters so far this season. Lukaku, you can toss a coin on Mkhitaryan and Pogba, although I think we were fairly agreed that Mkhitaryan had the the most promise points-wise. And also in terms of defensively, Jones seems to have nailed down a spot there and is... Uh, much cheaper than the other options in the United back four. Chelsea versus Everton. Uh, well, we talked about Rooney's form. Holgate could become a good cheap option if he keeps playing wing back. 
for Chelsea, the main man at the moment is still Alonso, seven million, but just two more goals just shows his worth. West Ham versus Stoke. Higazi has been the bargain of the season so far. Uh, we like the looks of Hesse against Arsenal at the weekend. He's a little bit more expensive than perhaps similar goalkeepers at clubs that may finish around Stoke, but Butland we think is still a good option. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Mane is the man for Liverpool at the moment. We talked about the idea of Sanchez and we think he would be a punt this week, but Kolasinac still shows some promise for the Gunners. Um, might be moving to left wing back this week. And then finally, Spurs versus Burnley. Don't ditch your Spurs just yet. Kane, Alley, and Eriksen, if you've got them, keep them. Um, we discussed Chris Wood, uh, not just yet for us. Nice sum up, Bull. Lovely. Iceman, any other uh, Twitter questions or uh, your from your private pen friends, from your email account, anything coming through for us? Uh, yeah, we had a few Twitter questions. So just a direct question here from Fantasy Football Casuals at Fanfoot Casuals. Is, is that like a representative account for people that don't want to play the game too seriously? Just, yeah, the, the casual players, yeah, probably. Um, he's just asking, what surgery would you do on your own teams as of this moment? Go on, Bully, you can kick us off there. All of it. Uh, no, I'd have to. Hmm. Um, I'd have to say if I. Are we saying if I played my wild card now, or just what am I going to do? I think he's wondering what you're doing for this week, really. Uh, I've got a bit of a dilemma, so I'm thinking about bringing in a United Pogba or Mkhitaryan, but I would need to probably do my wild card to allow for that. So that would mean a whole overhaul of my team um, as a single transfer. I might actually try and get a Tottenham wing back in because I do fancy them to do well against um, Burnley at home. So you're you're keeping De Bruyne and uh, Ali as well then? Oh, you definitely. I'm not. They're, they're top players. I'm not giving up on them just after two games. Yeah, general. Yeah, I spent a few hours last night looking at my plans for game week three. So I really want to get Pogba or Mkhitaryan. So it's probably going to be Mkhitaryan. Looked at a few different routes of getting them in. This season, I'm trying to cut back on, on hits, so try not to take any unnecessary hits. So the way I'm looking at it is is keeping a hold of De Bruyne and going Willian. Willian out for, for Mkhitaryan. Tempted as well to, to do to do KDB to Ericsson because Ericsson's got the Burnley fixture, but I don't see the point because I've got Kane, um, and if I go KDB to Ericsson, it leaves me without any City players for, for their trip to Bournemouth. So I'm happy to keep KDB, and most likely it's going to be William to, to Mkhitaryan, just one free transfer. Yeah, good shout. I think I'm actually going to hold my transfer, because I had to use my transfer last week with Zaha. Uh, I brought in Ramsey. I'm just going to hold mine for this week and have the two transfers for the international break, because I think that might come in handy, because I'm probably going to just... Work, I don't really want a wild card yet. I'm quite happy with most of my team. I think uh, I've done. I managed to get lucky with some. I do want to get rid of Gross, but um, I am. I might actually start Carroll for this game week instead of Gross. But yeah, for me, I'm I'm holding for this week at the moment. I still may change my mind. I have looked at the likes of De Bruyne to Eriksson. He should be rising tonight, Eriksson. So price changes. I think De Bruyne will go down which is unfortunate, but I, yeah, I feel like I still will be keeping him. We had a load of questions on Wildcard. We have one from Alex Ball, El Magico, Sid, Rob Laurel, Sandy Bravo, Egyptian Mafia, all wondering when to Wildcard, when to do it, when are, we, are you planning to Wildcard? What, what are your feelings on the Wildcard at the moment, General? Are you looking at a certain game week for that, or are you just doing it, uh, playing react, more reactive, or are you actually pinpointing a certain game week to do it on? 
Yeah, it's, it's a question I get a lot on Twitter is, you know, should I play my wild card? When's the best time to play the wild card? Wild card always comes down to your individual team and what kind of situation you're in yourself. I mean, how you feel about it. If you if you feel you need drastic changes, it's never it's never too early to play it, I guess. Um, I usually play it pretty early, probably around game week four or five. I never come into the season saying I'm going to play a game week four. Um, even, at, even at this point in time, I don't have a... I haven't even really looked at a set time where I'll use it. I, I kind of, I am more reactive. So, in a couple of weeks, if if there comes a point where I feel it's the right time um, for a shake-up, I, I'll do so. But I do tend to play it early. But as I say, it, it really depends on your own situation. I mean, if you nail your game week one side and you perform really well for the first five six weeks, you can hold on to your wild card for a bit longer. Um, just depends on your own situation, how you feel about things, and how much of a benefit you think it'll be uh, to play in it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's if you've got about four players which you definitely want to remove or are not playing, injured, etc., that you should start to really think about using your wild card. I want to kind of hold mine this year. I normally play it quite early, because mainly because everyone's trying to get in the same sort of players, and you kind of you can kind of benefit from those price rises, and also in the international break, it's normally a, a good time to use it. So after game week four, might be a good time to use it for those price rises. But I don't know. The prices are very indifferent this year. A lot not really uh, very predictable. So it is a difficult one when to do. It. I think, as you say, based based on your team. It just all depends on who you've got and who you want to remove and who you want to bring in, really. Bully, what's your thoughts? Um, on the wild card, I guess it's... I'm so tempted to do it after a couple of bad game weeks, but I, I've done this before, and then it, the players that I had have, have come up trumps. On paper, my team isn't too bad. It's just how you know the first two weeks have gone. And I think we talked about this before, you can emotionally react so easily, change your team when you didn't really need to. So I'm going to... Keep the faith. Let let the season truly take shape, and then I'll probably use it. Probably within the first sort of five to five to eight games, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, we had one other question from FPL Nymphios, just asking, "What's the FPL General's favourite FPL moment, and why?" That's one of my one of my favourite ever questions, actually. Um, it's a pretty easy answer as well. My my best pal's not going to thank me for this, but. Uh, I can't miss this opportunity to, to put this in. So my best ever fantasy moment in the last 10 years was a couple of seasons back um, in a mini league, a couple of, couple of good friends of mine. My my best mate was leading the, the league for the whole season. So he went into game, we were going into game week 38 and he had a 31 point lead. So on the morning of, of uh, game week 38, we both had Sanchez so I took a chance and I got rid of Sanchez and I brought in Walcott and, and made Walcott captain. Yes. Um, the FA Cup was the FA Cup final was coming up, so Wenger Wenger had suggested that Walcott was going to get a game. So so I took the chance, uh, captain Walcott scored a hat trick and beat beat my beat my mate by four points, I think. So <laughs> nice. hold back a thirty one point lead on in, in game week thirty eight to to win my mini league. So that was my. I don't think that'll ever be taught unless I win that. Uh, I totally understand the one. In fact, I actually did exactly the same as you uh, and brought in Walcott and Captain Tim that that time. It actually moved me up from, I think I was in sixth with no prize money and then I went to fourth and just about grabbed some money. So yeah, that was a good year for us both, General. Yeah, it was the, the sweetest thing about it was, I mean, he had, he had Sanchez 
And Sanchez, I'm pretty sure Sanchez played and blanked, or maybe just got an assist or something like that. So for Walcott to come out with a hat trick and Sanchez to, to do nothing was was just amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> so that's uh, Yassel with Twitter, uh, Bully. So thanks for all your questions, guys. Sorry if we missed any. Uh, there was quite a lot uh, this week, so it's a bit difficult to get all the way through them. But yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for all your questions again. And chaps, that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Game week uh, three is very much on the way to us now. Um, we want to thank the General for joining us once again. Welcome, lads. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Lads, one thing I've... Um, sorry, I'm just going to... Before I, I end the podcast, I, I forgot this section three podcasts in a row now. We used to have the legendary captain's choice. Oh, yeah. We used to say who we're going to think the captain was. So just before we say goodbye to you properly, General, who who do you fancy for captain this week? As I said, Harry Kane's going to score six goals this weekend, so it's an easy choice. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree. Harry Kane's the one for me this weekend. Iceman? Yeah, Harry Kane. Second with Lit with Kane. Well, there we go. And now I can end the pod properly. So, yeah, we thank uh, we thank the general for joining us again. Iceman? Yeah, thanks. Really good luck in your game weeks, guys. And if you yeah. want more Fancy Football Surgery podcasts, you can follow us on www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. Also on Facebook by just typing in Fancy Football Surgery. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review and a rating if, if, you, if you do it on there. Listen to us on SoundCloud. You probably are doing that now, actually. If you have read it, please find us on there when we uh, release the pod and up the pod. Always up the pod. Up the pod. Uh, most of our activity goes on on Twitter at ff underscore surgery. You can email us as well. Uh, you can do that by emailing us ff surgery podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, and you can also join our mini league. So it's 1173-455. That's 1173-455. And all that's left is to say from everyone at the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast, which is basically just me and the Iceman, have a great game week. We look forward to speaking to you again in the next week. Obviously, the first game uh, looks like City are trying to get going. I'm getting a bit of feedback from somewhere. Pete, is that you? Uh, that's possibly... Uh, we uh, we actually have a situation. You may not want to cut this out, Iceman. We have a situation in our house at the moment where we've got some problems with the pipes. So when you flush the toilet, it literally sounds like the, uh, the guttering and the pipes are going to explode. So that may well be the <laughs> feedback you're hearing. Right, OK. Um... It's not going to stop anytime soon. Hold on. Still going. <laughs> yeah, let's continue with the pod, otherwise this isn't going to end. Well, the, on the other side of the uh, the defensive part of this fixture, um, there's one Terriers player I've got my eye on, and that's Schindler. So he's 4.5 4. million at the moment for Huddersfield. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Um, Sorry, you're going to have to stop. I, we didn't hear who you were talking about. General? Nice no, go. <laughs>
Sorry, lads, was on mute there. I'll just come in now, right? Okay. Yeah, it just shows he is getting right up there and right in the, in the mix of it. He is getting right up there.